I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Tuesday, February 25, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Another shellacking out in the market today. There's a bunch of lines on the screen. I'm going to explain what they are, and then we're going to peel the ones we don't need off of the page. The first thing we need to do is address the big picture. So the air is now out of the balloon. And not to belabor the point, But we've talked about this dozens of times. When it happens, it's going to be like shoving 10 pounds of shit in a 5-pound bag. That's what we've seen over the last two days. When they run for the exits, there are no buyers, there are only sellers, and they have to shove all that stuff in that bag really, really fast. It causes the cascading decline effect. Now we've had two days in a row pretty much the same. Give or take a few points here or there, two days, plus or minus some points on either side, 100-day S&P down days. Said another way, 3% down days. Do we get a third one of these? Hence, that's why we have the lines on the screen at 304, and the one below is at 298.70. There's methods to the madness. There's reasons these numbers exist. And before we get more specific on those numbers, let's go back up to today's activity. Let's talk some numbers. We had some numbers on the screen last night. These are close. I made some adjustments, but the concept is the same. The first number, case in point, 317.32. It was a gap under normal garden variety market conditions, even if it's for a short-term intraday bounce, you're generally going to get some support at that price. Let's go down to an intraday chart and see what happened. Here's an intraday five-minute chart. We're focused on this area right here. This is when the market came into 317.32, only it missed it by a few pennies. And because of the magnitude or the scope of this chart, it looks like some kind of meager bounce away from that price Then it came back into that price. You can see how it traded in and around that price, gave up the ghost, went to the next price. We'll get to that in a few moments, but I want to draw your attention to what wasn't necessarily a meager bounce and how we view the charts, how we read the tape. We know that when a market misses a gap, for example, there's a gap down below. It misses the gap by a few pennies and trades away. There's a couple of things going on. Either it's very, very bullish and they're going to keep going in the northern direction or they missed it, they're going to come back in, take care of it later and we don't want it the second time around. It's not the same trade on the second go around. And all in all, we can pretty much classify a move like this or a situation like this as trick, trap, fool and frustrate crew coming up short and then coming back in not to bounce away from the gap. But we already know the story. We know how they act. We know what they do. We know Trick and Company. So they come up short, making a low over here of 317.53, but what they did have doesn't look like it on the chart. What they did have is a $2 and like 20 cent bounce, which is about 22 S&P handles. That is the type of 
minimum or at least the type of bounce that we would be looking for off a type of gap that looks like this, if not more. But in the type of downtrend that we have, that changes the scope and behavior of what's going on in the market. So we have to adjust to current market conditions. That just makes common sense. It's using logic. Now here, the second or middle level down, 314.75, we had a couple of things going in and around that price. We had a breakup candle low that comes in at 314.17, we had a consolidation area where this can be a breakout area. We had a former market run up, make a pivot high in and around this price and sell off pretty good. So whether or not it was 25 or 50 cents on either side of this, it should have been supportive of the market under normal garden variety market conditions. However, what we do have to realize on days like today, days like yesterday, these are not garden variety market conditions leads me to something else. We'll get to that in a moment. It has to do with inside the numbers. But if you go down, for example, like to a 10-minute chart, you can see this level really didn't come into play. The market pretty much just didn't really stop, kept going right through that price. You can see it's important when it comes back to retest it. However, what it was really going after was the third price we had down, the third price I had down today, which was the gap or what I should say is another gap, 312.23, market spikes it by a little bit, but closes above that gap. Any significance? Not at this point. Not when it cuts through the gap right above like a hot knife through butter. What's to say we're not going to have a third day in a row of another thrashing? Now, let's talk about garden variety market conditions again. Last night we talked about the 80-20 rule. We're going to do it again. It didn't work. The 20% of the 80-20 rule took place today. What am I talking about? When we have what's called a 90% down day, meaning basically everything is down. All the stocks across the board, with minor exception, are down on the day. The NYSE is basically down on the day, period, full stop. The next day, you generally get some kind of a relief rally, dead cap bounce, something of the like. We got it early this morning. Overnight, we actually got in the S&P futures market, we actually got a better bounce, a better rally than we got after the opening bell today. That's a sign of weakness. They gave up the ghost rather quickly, and then everybody and their brother got taken out behind the woodshed. We're sliding over to inside the numbers. I'm going to scroll up and I want you to read the pre-market morning notes and I want you to read the commentary that took place throughout the day. Before I do that, I'm going to say two things. One is, there are days when it makes more sense to step away from the market and go into a preservation of capital mode if you don't know or you're not exactly sure of what you're doing. If you're more of a novice, a beginning trader, and don't have a lot of risk capital to risk or throw at the market. And I hate that term, throw at the market, because we treat this as a business. Throwing at the market is a gambling term. But when the market's having a 90% down day, the S&P's down 100 handles yesterday, today, many traders are better suited to step away and make it into a spectator sport and see what they can learn, come back to trade another day when there's a sense of normalcy in the market. 
Now let's scroll up a little bit and finish up the morning notes. We'll also take a look at stocks on the move. We'll take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly out of stocks on the move. Hint, there was no ugly and there was no bad. We'll get to those in a little while. Let's scroll up and let you read the notes and commentary that took place throughout the day. Now, if anybody thinks this was an easy day to read the tape from the get-go, then I'd be happy to swap seats with you. Sometimes the market tells you exactly what she's doing. It's easy. It's like a walk in the park. You've seen the numbers in the commentary before. Sometimes it's like wrestling a tiger. The moves are wide. The moves are quick. And what really happens is most traders that are not pros get chopped up and spit out before 10.30 in the morning. Let me continue on with the commentary. You can read it, make your own assessment. Continue scrolling up. You can start and stop the video at your leisure. You can scroll. You can skip. You can do whatever you like. Everybody has their own objectives. Continuing to scroll up, you can read as quick or as slowly as you like. Look at this. You'll see right down here the 1034 post. If they lose 3200 could get ugly. It got ugly. Continuing on. Yesterday's low was an important price level that the Bulls needed to maintain today to get anything going whatsoever. They couldn't do it. They gave up the ghost. Continuing on, scrolling up, let you read some more commentary, keeping things moving along. 1240 post, you can see we're talking about the gap at 317.32. Noticing they missed it, but all signals are that won't be it anyway. That wasn't it. So we're reading the tape. I'm giving my traders information, which brings up another point. Let me scroll ahead for a second, let you read some more commentary. 1241 post, rallies will look good, but are meant to be sold into until and unless they can get above and close hourly above ES3213. That was way, way above where we finished the day, but at the time, that was still within reach of the bulls. But it was getting worse and worse and worse as the day went on, obviously. But you can see we're focused on important numbers as they become and are apparently important. We're always focused on the important numbers. And this brings me to the second point that I wanted to mention. So here's what happened. One of the members of Inside the Numbers apparently had a bad day. That's fine. We have bad days. But what generally happens on a bad day is either one of two things. I'm going to take ownership because it was my trades or my commentary. Or said trader followed their own set of rules, did what they wanted, and then decided to place blame on somebody else later. So I get a stupid email about how the commentary was poor today. But here's the kicker. I can take feedback. I don't care what the feedback is. You can give me the good, the bad, and the ugly. In fact, I'm happy to have any debate anybody wants about the market, trading, anything under the sun. Doesn't matter. I don't have to be right. I have my opinions. What makes a market is two people look at the same thing and come up with a different scenario from each other. But here's what burned me. This idiot sends it anonymously. It's like the anonymous sources the media always seems to have when they're making up stuff and they don't have any sources. You want to have a debate? You want to give me some feedback? That's fine. Don't do it anonymously. That's coward stuff. All right, let's switch over and talk about a couple of stock charts and then we'll get back to the indices. 
Exact Sciences. The number was put on the board early this morning. Stock closed all the way up here yesterday at 95.56, getting a haircut at the open. We've identified a price level put on the board probably 7.30 in the morning, 85.30. Finally came into that price level, went a little bit lower, closed above it. Wasn't a tremendous trade, wasn't a great trade, but guess what? It was over a buck for anybody that took the trade. How about Hertz? Here's one that came into its price level, but it didn't work. Let's talk about it. Why didn't it work? We don't take this trade. Traders are taught this is no good. We want the one that comes straight into the price. That's the one that's going to give us the type of reaction that we're looking for. The reaction in this case in the northern direction. When it runs sideways above the price, it's doing something different. We don't want that trade. This kind of stuff is in the course. How about this one? This was also on the board early. 61.12 was my number. The stock made a low of 61.15, courtesy of Frontrunner Central, making a high just minutes later, 66.90. Are you kidding me? I was not involved in this trade. I want to hear from the Frontrunners. I want my piece of the action. How about this one? KTOS, the number on the board early in the morning, 16.01. Low of day over here, at least in the morning, was 16.01. Minutes later, making a high of 16.87 for a $16 stock. That's quite the bounce. It drips lower later. You don't want this trade as it drips into the next level. So the next one is not necessarily valid, but this one was, we know thy numbers. We do this over and over and over again. You see it in these videos all the time. Now keep in mind, all this was on a day when the market was getting taken out behind the woodshed. The numbers still are working. All right, getting back in our lane, going back over to the SPY. We've been throwing the ball around the horn. I want to get the ball back to the pitcher. So we have two options going on for tomorrow. We always have two options for every day. Actually, we have more than two options. But here's the story for tomorrow. Either we're going to get another attempt at a dead cap bounce or find some stability after these two thrashing days we had, and this gap will be it for a while, meaning at least a few days. Or, this market is being driven by, obviously, a different time frame than the daily chart. It's got a different destination in mind. 304 would be my next area of interest, all the way even down to a spike below of 300, which is a big, fat, round, psychological number, 300. I've got 298.70 on the board. I've got reasons for these numbers. They stack up. And I'll say within the next day or two, if we find price down in this area, this would be a buying opportunity. It won't feel like it at the time. It won't be right 100% of the time. But it's a buying opportunity. The market should find an assemblance of low, if not before, in that zone between 304 and let's just call it $298. Let's talk volume for a second. Today, the SPY had 212 million shares traded. Looks like capitulation volume. Is it? Well, we've certainly had days when we've had more volume than this in the past. However, we're getting there. I wouldn't say we had enough fear out there. I would say we didn't have enough panic in the market out there. We didn't get people capitulating, throwing up stuff, calling for another 10% lower by 10 o'clock tomorrow. 
once all that stuff starts to take place and it feels like the market will never have an uptick again, that's when we're likely to find an assemblance of a low. And frankly, there's nothing that says it can't come in right at this gap right here, 309.55. That's another option that comes into play. Frankly, anything where today's low is and lower down to around 298 can be an important low for this market. Looking at the weekly chart, you can see where I'm beginning to zero in. Look at the 50-period moving average. The market hasn't, the SPY hasn't visited the 50-period moving average since the summer of 2019. That qualifies as, hasn't been there in a while, and if we get there without doing the hovering thing, then under normal garden variety market conditions should be supportive of the market. Now keep in mind, that's a weekly 50-period moving average. So therefore, let's say you hit it on a Tuesday. As long as you close above it by Friday, you can spike below it during the week. That's the meaning of the different time frames and how you have to look at them based on what's happening intraday, daily, weekly, and so on. Remember how we were looking at the monthly number for the XLF? That's long gone, but that's how it works. Depending on the time frame, tells you how much time it might need to take hold, meaning a specific price target, general area, support zone, resistance price, whatever it is. All the same. All act and react the same way depending on what time frame we're looking at. If you're looking at a five-minute chart and you're zeroed in on an hourly number, you have to give the price some time. Sometimes it'll ricochet right off of it, and sometimes it takes time. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Holy smokes. Came right into and through closing below its 200-period moving average. My favorite market-leading indicator, this is just an epic failure. Period. Full stop. Look where we are on the weekly chart. What's going to happen at the end of this week? Are we going to close above or below the convergence of the 50 and the 100 period moving average? We just came into it on a straight shot. Normal garden variety market conditions, we would bounce off of it. Abnormal non-garden variety market conditions, they're going to cut through it like a hot knife through butter, which is apparently starting to happen. Jury's out. Plenty of runway left in the week. We're coming up on hump day midweek. It's Wednesday, three trading days left to get back above the convergence of those moving averages. We have to watch that like a hawk. Let's just say for argument's sake, we like 157 to be safe closing above by the end of the week. Now, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're watching. It's also a very, very important zone. We've looked at and talked about this zone many, many times in a lot of different formats, a lot of different ways. This is a range. This was a channel. Where exactly from point to point you want to draw the channel from is debatable. The concept is we're getting back into the channel. That's bad news. If we get back into the channel, bad news for the bulls. If we get back into the channel, they're going to want to go down toward the bottom portion of the channel, the 200 period moving average. You see what's going on. Not all at once doesn't have to happen all at once, giving you the big picture. Should we be surprised to see the market rallying in the morning on some kind of dead cat bounce 
Could have been expected today. Could it also be expected tomorrow? We've talked about it a couple of times already. Just want to point out some very important things. We talk about breakout areas and breakdown areas quite a bit. Well, here we have a market that ran up to a price level and it was rejected. It went back to that price level and finally broke out above it after running a test or two. So over here, came back in to test the same general area. Now this line that we just put was because of the moving averages. So don't take this line that we have as gospel. It's this general area where the market finally broke out and we just came back. So is this the breakout area? Is this the breakout area? It doesn't matter. It's this same general area that we're focused on. It's a daily chart. It's a weekly chart. The market needs time. Nothing says we can't find ourselves bouncing up tomorrow 1, 1 1.5, 2% in all the indices or more. Anything is possible. When the market gets stretched, it's a rubber band. So two things happen when you stretch the rubber band. If you've been around here for a while, you've heard this a number of times. Either the rubber band breaks and we scale down a lot further, or the rubber band's going to snap back. Are we in that position right now where it can break and go down a whole lot more points? Sure, we're always in that position as long as the market just went down a lot, and it did in a short period of time. We're in the jeopardy of the rubber band breaking. Keep in mind, more often than not, using the 80-20 rule, the market's going to have a pretty stout snapback from somewhere. Is it tomorrow? Is it a day after tomorrow? Remains a mystery. Inside the numbers members, first thing in the morning, I'll have a beat on exactly what's going on. My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one favorite, canary in the coal mine. When they fail, they fail in a hurry. Remember that gap down there at about 10,000? Here we are at about 10,000. All in one shot. What's the weekly chart saying? The weekly chart says under normal garden variety market conditions, what's important? I'll tell you what's important. These lows down here are important and this 200 period moving average is important. So somewhere in this zone, you should find an assemblance of support. Won't feel like it at the time, not saying it has to get there tomorrow, but if it did get there tomorrow or the next day, there should be support in that zone. Does it have to last a whole long time? It doesn't have to. It can get through there. After all, this is the fourth time down. The more times a market beats on a certain price level, the less likely that price level is to be as important as it was the last time it was visited. Remember the NASDAQ, the Qs, how there was nothing wrong with the market, nothing wrong with the market, in an uptrend, solid uptrend, can't do anything, just went up every single day, nothing to do, don't know where the top is, all that stuff. Guess what? Air comes out of the balloon rather quickly. The high the other day was over 237. We're 215 today, just three to four days removed. Six weeks to get up there, four days to come back down. Escalator up. Elevator down. XLF, talk about a failure. $30.98. We don't have to worry about that. If they find a way to rally them all the way back up there this week, by the end of the month, we'll put it back on the board. Gap, 28.74, 200 period moving average on the daily chart. The combination of that zone 
was supportive of the market, but you never got, or the XLF in this case, but you never got any kind of rally away from that area. What that tells us is the market remains weak unless we get the morning dead cat bounce when you wake up in the morning. Still telling you, it's not a good low, trouble ahead. By the way, what would traders rather see? At better said, what would this trader rather see in terms of finding a low? Would we rather see a gap up in the morning and the market keeps going or a gap down in the morning, find a low, have a reversal and have something to trade against? That's the preferred avenue. We want something to trade against. I would rather have a gap down and a reversal in the morning. That is readable. The gap up in the morning like today isn't 100% readable. You don't know how far that gap's going to go. Case in point, let's go over to the futures. So here's the S&P E-mini futures contract. So here's the gap down yesterday. We go down. Here's the overnight activity making a high of 32.58. If you remember from yesterday's commentary, 32.60 was extremely important. So guess what? When was this done? 3 o'clock in the morning. So they tried to sneak one in in the middle of the night. They couldn't get above the same area they couldn't get above at during the day yesterday, and they fail reading the tape. So what happened? When they opened up today, let me get that line off. You'll see where this is. This is 10 o'clock in the morning. The high was only 32.47 and change. They could not even get back to the overnight high. When they can't get back to the overnight high, that's the market's way of saying to you, hey, look over here. This is weakness brewing. Again, reading the tape, transferring as much of that information to inside the numbers members as I can. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. For today, it's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. However, I will be back in uniform Wednesday morning to do it all over again for inside the numbers members. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.